Roxo Media House. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Purple Theory Podcast. My name is Grant McGalliard. I have alongside with me my co-host, my friend, Parker Fleming, because Parker, TCU is going to the playoff. TCU is, in fact, going to the playoff, Grant. The, the playoff committee had an absolute layup here in terms of who they should have selected, and they did not miss that layup. Um, TCU didn't even drop. I think that probably has more to do with them avoiding the matchup, the rematch of the first round. But um, TCU has done something that... Uh, no one besides Oklahoma has done in that they went undefeated in uh, regular season conference play and went to the playoff. Uh, truly one of the great seasons of the modern Big 12 here. The first team in the history of Texas to go to the college football playoff, which I find very funny. Little old TCU, 9,000 strong, tiny campus, college football playoff, baby. Yeah, and 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 a team that was largely the same as it was last year. Um, with with few accessible tweaks in terms of personnel, literally just oh, I can said pick up one personnel. Well, um, I meant I meant player personnel. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, largely just came in and said, "Hey, the vibes need a shift here," and we have certainly shifted the vibes. TC is going to play Michigan. Grant and I are going to put our heads together and uh, figure out what we're going to do in terms of podcasting and previewing. We'll plan all that off air. I won't even speculate right now, but trust me, we're going to give you everything you want and more um, alongside. So maybe more interactive. I still grant would love to like pull up a zoom and pull up film and like talk to people. I just got to figure yeah. out how we feasibly do that, but we're working on all that. It should, should be fun. Um, and both of us are sick right now instead of sick in two weeks. So hopefully we'll be able to exactly. do all that stuff <laughs> and not get sick right before the bowl game. So. <laughs> For the record, I am not hungover. I want to make that very clear. We're recording at 6 p.m. Uh, if I would have been hungover, uh, it's, it's fine. Um, we also have a very special guest coming on Wednesday, uh, the Kingmaker and TCU, Matt Jennings, uh, who's going to come on, talk a little bit more about, um, I think, as you said, Parker, just vibes and how incredible it is that we've gotten to this point. Um, and we do have so many content ideas for the playoff. I think, unfortunately, we also have to break down TCU versus Kansas State. Which was a hell of a damn game. We should talk about this game. It was a great game. It was a frustrating game. Um, It was an exciting game. And I think that TCU had every opportunity to to pull away and they just couldn't, came up short. But they've played, what, 11 straight games now? Yep. Um, After the bye. And, uh, and, and we're running on fumes. Absolutely. And it's very hard to beat a team twice, let alone beat a top 10 team twice. So very proud of the effort. Um, a great, a great football game overall. Um, Grant, can we talk about a couple of things before we get into the nitty gritty? Um, yeah. do you have any, um, musings, pontifications, general words of, um, wisdom regarding officiating yesterday? Um, you know, my mother once told me that if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Kendra Miller scored. I, maybe. I, I mean, I'm, I can. Uh, you I would at like least to review, review beyond. Hey, trust us. We actually did look at it, even though we didn't say we did. I, I would like a little bit more than that. Um, but I, I mean, I can think of nine or ten things in this game that were absolutely absurd. I think that the ones that stand out to me were Kansas State had a false start on their touchdown, which was yep. fourth and one, and would have backed them up. They would have kicked a field goal. Go the ahead. easiest call to make for a referee. Did someone move? 
You are watching all of these players. Does one of them move before the ball snaps? And, yes. and particularly, like, I'm normally, if it was, like, the backside tackle or something, I'd be like, whatever. But it's, like, literally yeah. the guy who caught the touchdown. Move. Right. Um, <laughs> so, come on. <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, I think the safety that they overturned was probably a bad call. I think that was should probably have been a safety for TCU. Or oh, for, for Kansas, rather. Um, I would have wanted that call to safety had I been on the other side of things. And sure. I think that's probably fair. And, like, you look at the JT Daniels uh, fumble thing that TCU got. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's probably as it would have been consistent to call that. Um, I think that they were very inconsistent about when they called pass interference. One of those uh, went in TC's favor with the Quentin Johnson one. One of them didn't, but it felt like they let guys play a lot and then arbitrarily decided, oh, that was too much hand fighting. Um, And so that was annoying. That by no means lost TCU the game. I think the best way to make sure that the officials don't decide the game is to not let them. Um, but 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 TCU did need some calls and, and didn't get them, which was was disappointing last week for or yesterday for sure. Yeah, I think we've kind of talked. TCU needs refs to call, well, to be more lenient on pass interference because like TCU's corners, especially THT, is very physical because he's not a big guy, so he has to like hand fight and kind of find these little angles. And TCU did only get flagged one time for a pass interference. It was Bud Clark. I, I think that's probably. Oh no, he got called for targeting, didn't he? But was allowed to stand or unsportsmanlike conduct or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I don't think TCU got flagged for pass interference in that game. They did because it was one that particularly chapped my um, sensibilities. Gotcha. <laughs> and okay. it was Bud that got called for it, and it was pretty ticky tack. Like I, I think I've said on this yeah. podcast before, like, hey, the Baylor game, like, uh, or I guess it was the Iowa State game, like. THT very much like was pass interference. Don't boo those. This was one where it was right. like, Hey guys have been playing this way the entire game and you haven't called it. And then in a decisive moment, you're going to call that a little bit differently. So that was at least nominally annoying, but um, let's put the refereeing in the box. I think that's something we could complain okay. about. And I don't think that helps our understanding of the game or the relative strength of the two teams. It was uh, uh, as close of a game as it could possibly um, could possibly be uh, overall. I mean, we have in terms of, yeah, what was Golly, post-game win expectancy? So um, Bill Conley had it at like 60-something percent. I think that's it's that's always something that I struggle with. I think the win probability models are, are the post-game and, and in-game models are a little hard to trust. Hmm. Um, Kansas State's offense was definitely better than TCU's. Uh, 0.08 EPA per play compared to negative 0.04 EPA per play for TCU. They had a 49% success rate compared to a 38% success rate for TCU. Interesting enough, TCU did have a um, higher yards per play um, because they were much more um, successful, like when they were successful, but the problem was they were way less successful on average. Both teams rushed really well. Um, 0.15 EPA per rush for Kansas State, 0.18 for TCU. Um, the difference really came down to the passing game. Uh, TCU was negative 0.27 EPA per dropback, and Kansas State was negative 0.01. Grant, those come down to two plays. Do you know? Can, you have guesses on what those two plays were? I'm guessing one's the interception in the corner of the zone. One's the interception in the corner of the end zone. That's that. That's um, real bad. That takes you from, you know, before that play, probably four expected points to is, you know negative 2.5 for your opponent. So. Is, it, is that missed throw to Tay Barber wide open over the middle of the field? Is that, is no, that one because of, so maybe that not one is numbers, probably the most but... egregious, but the numbers aren't going to capture that um, because it just went to third and 10 after that, I think. Gotcha. The, and it doesn't really realize like that would have been a touchdown. And so you lost seven points in reality. The other one was a Quentin Johnson fumble. 
Um, that one oh, was right. particularly bad. Um, so hold on, let me see. Uh, so the max second interception is actually minus 5.26 uh, expected hmm. points. Um, and the Quentin Johnston fumble was now oh, this is the wind out of the sails. Yeah, this is this is ESPN. This is screwed up, so they don't have it right. But that was the other big negative play. Yeah. Um, overall. So yeah, so so um those those two plays were really decisive in a game where I mean TCU uh missed a 50 something yard field goal and threw an interception in the end zone in a game that was tied going into overtime. So yeah. completely, I mean, they had every opportunity to win this game. And and I don't think either team was um necessarily better than the other i think it came down to bounces two teams played pretty yep. equally throughout the course of the game props to kansas state for for that overall um one play that sticks out and i'm just going to go ahead and address it dude mark perry had a bad game deuce vaughn ate that man alive on that run it was, it was yeah it, it was amazing and i can talk about it and laugh about it now because tc's going to the playoffs so who cares but it, it's just one of the most disgusting moves i think i've ever seen it was, I mean, I mean, Deuce Vaughn in space is not fair. It's just not. No. Um, absolutely absurd. Um, okay, I'm taking crazy pills here because I was about to talk about Will Howard's turnover-worthy plays, but PFF says he has none, which is demonstrably no, false. So I disagree <laughs> with that. Um, because he wanted to Mark throw Perry, an interception so bad. There were two Mark Perry interceptions that were dropped that should have just mm-hmm. happened. Um yeah, so I think that's that's pretty that's pretty harsh. Um uh pretty rough game for him. I don't I don't mean to put him to the spot and we're not by yeah. any stretch of imagination saying, hey, this was his fault, just saying like, hey, he had he was tasked with one stopping Deuce Vaughn in space, which is very hard. And he was a lot more involved in pass coverage than he perhaps would be in an ideal world. Mm-hmm. Um overall, he definitely was bearing a burden of covering for that third linebacker spot because with Johnny Hodges out TCU's all conference defensive newcomer of the year, um, which I'll be petty sure. for a second. A lot of people had comments about Kansas state's health the last game. I did not see those same people um, giving TCU a free pass for that. And in a better turn of events, I didn't see TCU fans complaining about, Oh, this doesn't count because we don't have right. A play. Like I was proud of that. I'm proud of, yeah. I'm proud of you guys for that. Um, you, uh... Yeah. Without Johnny Hodges, Mark Perry was, doing a lot more than he necessarily should have in an ideal world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not his fault. And I think he played admirably given the circumstances, but the circumstances were not good for him in this game. Correct. I, I will give a couple shout outs to some people that I thought played really well. Uh, Josh Newton, Vig, I thought played outstanding, had a couple really key pass breakups. Um, he, he was, he's been such a blessing for TCU this year. Kind of showing yeah, up he- that, that, uh, that back five. I mean, especially after what we were conditioned to last year, where the other side of the ball was so bad that safeties mm. had to rotate and leave THC on an island. The fact that he has emerged as arguably TCU's best cornerback this season, mm-hmm. um, we were hoping for just average play. And what we got was not average play. We got exceptional all-conference, excellent play. He had a great game yesterday, um, absolutely. Big, and then I thought uh, Dylan Horton. Two sacks again for Dylan. Uh Continues to be like a force up front. I've, I've been really happy for him that he's played so well. And again, TC was able to rotate him out a little bit. He only played 62 snaps um, and out of a total of, I think, 76. So you had guys like Caleb Fox, George Ellis, those guys getting in there. And um, Horton made an impact every time he was on the field. Yeah. Uh, again, can't say enough about how he's grown up. Um, 
this this season i think that's that's um that's just excellent to see overall that yeah. he was that he was out there and that he is a force um for sure so absolutely noteworthy performance on the defensive side of things um i will say if we're if we're if we're going into the other positives tcu did only have six missed tackles yeah. Um, now, some of that, we have a little bit of data leak because on plays where you're very out of position and you get beat, you don't have an opportunity to miss a tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, I thought that TCU executed a pretty ga- uh, pretty great game plan to bottle up this Kansas State offense. And I feel like the defense, more or less, with one or two exceptions, did about as well as you could have expected. I mean, Kansas State scored uh, in their last four games. They went 31, 48, 47. TCU held them to 31, including an overtime drive. So that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's more than enough to win. I, I I felt like they, they did well, even if there were moments where if they had played a little better in certain situations, TCU would have been better off. Yeah. I mean, I look, Deuce Vaughn was held to five yards per attempt for one of the best running backs in the conference. That's pretty damn good. And, and they're overall, they averaged uh, six yards per attempt, but some of that is inflated by that long uh, Malik Knowles run. Uh, we kind of used them on a, on a sweep. So it, uh, overall, a very good job from the TCU defense. And Parker, we're burying the lead here. Chad Banks snap count, 76 in a Big 12 championship game. Uh, is that a good um, thing? No. Is it funny? Yes. So next year, we're looking at a healthy Marcel Brooks mm-hmm. in the D Winters Rover role. Chad Banks and Johnny Hodges in the middle. Is Hodge gone? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to look. Jamoy Hodge has played because he transferred in with two years of eligibility already taken up. Yeah. So he, no, one. Hodge is back. Oh, no, no. Sorry. Sorry. That's Dylan Horton. I'm thinking Dylan Horton. Jamoy Hodge is, no, yeah, Hodge, Hodge is, Hodge is coming back too. Yeah. Holy cow. The TCU linebacker room might actually be stacked next year. Yeah. A total flip from this year. Thomas where... Armstrong. Uh, yeah, man. Season, he's coming back. Am I talking myself into the 2023 TC linebacking core? Stay tuned because uh, we might have thoughts about that this offseason. But um, overall, without their best player in the in the not their best player, all three linebackers are, I think, equally good. All four mm-hmm. linebackers with Banks in there without the one that's played the most in the most high leverage situations, especially in run defense. Um, I thought TCU covered for that. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have any more thoughts on the defense before we move to the offense? Just kind of looking at plays. Um, I, I do think it's worth looking at the third downs. Um, Kansas State was seven for 16 on late downs. That's not good. Two of three on third down. Um, mm. And so TCU allowing that, I think, was pretty rough. Uh, yeah, um, I, I tweeted this out, but I think that like more than a third of Kansas, Kansas State's yards came on 3% of their plays, like three long plays. Yep. which is how the Kansas state offense is built to be fair. It's like very inefficient mm-hmm. to get those big plays, but they, they still very, very close media, uh, close margins there where TCU was like, Hey, if we just made one, you know, if you could stop one of those big plays, maybe that would change the course of the game, but that's where Kansas state lives and dies. So overall defense. Um, I mean, I don't know if there's a specific moment, like would I have liked for you to catch some interceptions instead of dropping yes. them? Yes. Would I've liked for you to not let Deuce Vaughn get out in space one-on-one? Yes. But generally if you told me before the game, hey, we're going to hold Kansas State 28 regulation points, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I think I think that's probably okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. Can we talk about Max now, please? I'm dying. I I should have I should I, I should have know... I should have written about this, like written out what I was going to say because I I don't even know what to say about Max Duggan. Um, I'll let you start. 
Because I, I don't even know if he, I have the words. He had, 90, he had 95 yards of rushing in the fourth quarter when he was banged up on one drive, and that drive was 80 yards because of penalty yardage. He ran for every single yard on that drive. To tie the game with, what, two minutes left, something like that? Two or three minutes? It, yeah. It's it's the most insane single-game performance from a TC player that I can remember in a long time. And the stats aren't going to back that up. I mean, QJ's game, obviously, earlier this year was insane. Um, but that that's the craziest thing I've ever seen on a football field from TCU. Yeah. Um, and especially to get to that point, like you could tell he was so hurt grant. So, so some cornerbacks went out for, for Kansas state, they were already like coming into this game yeah, and obviously dinged up. Um, and, uh, they really, the safeties were really kind of giving TCU all kinds of worry. Mm-hmm. And because of the pressure on the offensive line, um, what TCU resorted to was we're just going to go one-on-one after these safeties and try and not get killed. And Max stood there and took hit after hit, man. Like literally they, it was, it was Max just throw it before you get hit at towards the end there. And he absolutely stood in there and took those. That was um, incredible. I mean, he's bleeding down his arm. Now I know, I think Richard Johnson and split zone do a, it was a free episode. So I can repeat this. They just got like a turf, like turf burn on his arm and it yeah. just scabbed up and never heals. Right. So it, it bleeds easy, but it looks badass when it happens. Um, he and you could tell, like he, when he threw that pass uh, for the two point conversion, he collapses on the ground. He's, I just love that kid so much. Colin Post was, or Colin Post was arguing that. Sorry, uh, Max would be like the worst Heisman winner since like 2006. Statistically, maybe uh, that is the most important player in college football, dude. Yeah, I, I think that TCU. It's it's. Funny, I don't think that TCU is like a bad team if Chandler Morris doesn't get hurt against Colorado. Mm-hmm. But I think TCU is a a much worse off team, um, just in terms, just in terms of like what he's able to do and the kind of X factor he has as a senior who had had an opportunity to transfer this fall and said like nope or this this spring, and kind of was reading the writing on the wall and said nope I'm staying here like I want to be a part of this. Um, yeah, really really great performance by him. Um, I think the biggest thing that TCU has lost or not had the last couple of years is confidence in the quarterback mm-hmm. position, whether he's playing good or playing bad, saying, hey, we're going to let our guy do his thing. And it is amazing that Garrett Riley and Sonny Dykes are so committed to the quarterback and saying, hey, we're going to we're going to win or lose by this quarterback. And I, I love that they I love that they put the put the ball in the hands of the best player <laughs> and trusted. And that's not something we've seen. Um, I mean, we've had. NFL guys in the past, just throwing quarterbacks under the bus to try and marginally improve their mm-hmm. draft stock. Um, and whether they were tweeting about Max or not, they don't get a pass on that uh, <laughs> from this weekend. But generally you have um, for the first time in a really long time, you have a team, even with the Kenny Hill year, it was, Hey, we're going to try and win and minimize variance. And like, if Kenny Hill sets us up great, but we're not going to lose because of Kenny Hill, that was what we we're so worried mm-hmm. about. And Sonny Dykes saying, no, this, the way you win college football games is you decide what the best case scenario for your quarterback is. And you ride that out and you make adjustments and you let him, you let him win or lose you the game. Which I'm going to turn for a minute because I have one quibble. We have said all year, all off season, all whatever, Max's strength is throwing over the middle of the field between the hash marks, you know, short, medium, long, whatever. In this game, Max had an average depth of target of 16.1 yards. And yet, he very clearly was succeeding on those quick hitters over the middle to Spivey, um, to all those guys early on to, to keep the chains moving. Uh, he was, what, three of four uh, over the middle from 10 yards to 20 yards and seven of 10 over the middle 
uh, zero to 10 yards. So like I was very surprised TC was going away from that sort of short move the chains offense and choosing to solely attack the safeties um, like you brought up earlier, especially because Max was getting hit, get the ball out quicker, keep keep moving. I hate to question play calling, but, but that bothered me during that game. I, I do think that the pressure really, it was kind of like this Texas Tech game where they were, it was like a self, we talked about it being a self-fulfilling prophecy during the Texas mm. Tech game where it's like, hey, I'm afraid of Tyree Wilson. So I'm going to be conservative on first and second down, go away from my game. Oh, it's third and long. Now Tyree Wilson's going to come eat me up. Like that's gotcha. kind of a little bit of what it was with, I, but I don't know. We saw, I think we saw four mesh concepts on that first drive. Oh, um, it was beautiful. Yeah, I think so. I, I was talking if, uh, at halftime. Clark Brooks hopped in. He's you know he's mm-hmm. super super scheme nerd, and so he'd been watching the game. Was talking about it a little bit uh, at SEC Statcat. You should follow him on Twitter. And he was. We were going through the different um, versions, and what he was saying about like, oh, I'd love to see them build off of this and try and hit that single high and move this or whatever. And TCU basically did none of that. They really went back mm-hmm. to like just your air raid. I did. They didn't throw a lot of screens, which I thought was really interesting. It felt like they were not um, confident in their ability to get any kind of screen game. Yeah. Two screens to 43, no screens, only three play action. A lot of that has to do with um, the defensive line, just absolutely cooking the offensive line. And, and so that this was, this offense is much better than the last year's offense, but this offense suffered the same problems as last year's offense um, because they couldn't really get to their progressions because they felt like there was so much pressure and because Max was hurting so much later on that they couldn't really run the offense. But yeah, it's it's so frustrating to see such like, hey, we're running mesh. We have the tight ends. We're getting them in there. We're doing pivot. We're doing all sorts of weird stuff. And then to say, hey, we don't we don't feel like we can let that develop. And so we just go to screen, you know, we just go to inside yeah. zone and goes and hope we get pass interference or hope we get a play. I, that was kind of annoying. It was very annoying. Max was pressured, uh, what, 11 times? Yeah. yeah. 11 times on 45 plays. So one out of every four times he was, he had someone in his face. Um. Receiving wise, like I said, they moved the move the ball around a lot early. With uh, I mean, Tay Barber had five, Ariat Jared Wiley had four, Joaquiris five, he had one, um, Darius had six. So, and then Savion, oh, poor, poor, poor Savion, he's got to catch that ball. Yeah, how many games down. this season does it feel? I know it's just the Kansas game in this one, but how many, how many games does it feel like, oh, the first drive could have been insane? If yeah. he had just caught a ball <laughs> um, and it's unfair to like, it's unfair to cherry pick and be like, Oh, you only have, you know, whatever you, yeah. you, you drop the balls all the time. Cause if you go to his season, he doesn't like he, he the drop no, problem sure. is just, it sticks in your head. He has on the season. I'm, I'm going to say this exact number. So I don't get it wrong, but I looked it up before. Yeah. He has five drops all season, 14%. Yeah. I mean, not insane for five, five drops for, for 40 targets. Like that's, that's not awful, yeah. especially because a lot of those are like long and he's young and he's improved over the course of the season. It does feel like some of those drops have been real timely and kind of annoying. Yeah. Just real, real drive killers. Wiley. I, I, I like this. Wiley's average at the target was the, uh, what eighth lowest so, or eighth highest. Anyway, the third shortest. So 12.4 yards uh, per attempt. Uh, with Jared Wiley. So like I said, the short yard situations, he's really good. And you should use him more in my opinion. Yeah. And I, also I, had a yeah. Speaking of um, people who should be used more. I, one, when Trent battles on the field, how do you not know what's coming? That's your fault defenses. Um, because you know, you know exactly what they're going to do, but TCU only did it once. They ran that mesh rail and it was yep. beautiful and I was like, dude, why don't you come back to that? Especially if Max is getting hurt 
and and guys are coming. Hey, put both of the running backs up there. Have have Trent Battle take a stutter step and then go out and just dump it to him and let him get in space. Like I, I just feel like there was a lot left on the table with the running backs and with Spivey not getting anything after those after those first couple drives. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I'm not like speaking, disappointed yeah. with the play call. I feel like we're verging on a negative. No. And I don't think the play calling is the reason we lost the game. I think there were some, some key moments that could have gone either way, 50-50, and, and TCU didn't take advantage. But I will say it was a departure from what we'd seen this season, and especially laborious during those maybe final three drives before the, mm-hmm. the drive to end all drives, um, where TCU really was just chucking it and closing their eyes and hoping they'd get pass interference. Um, and uh, and and that was that was a particularly rough stretch, I think. Yeah, it was very frustrating. Uh and they really couldn't get any ground game going outside of Max. I mean, what he, had, he had 118 yards, but like I said, I think 90 or 95 of those came on the last drive. So it was, you know, he, he wasn't doing much. He was scrambling for his life. And then Kendra, only 4.8 yards per attempt. Kansas State's a good defense, man. And they absolutely gummed up TCU's works up front. Um, they, they really did. And I think that the most interesting point about all of that is that um, Max Duggan scrambled for 65 yards, which is his season high by over 20 yards. Yeah. Um, contrary to what he's done in the past. So on his, in his career, he has scrambled um, for 952 yards, Jesus um, Christ. 232 last year, 359 in 2019. My God. Um, so like the, the, the good thing for Max is not like not to scramble a lot and to have designed runs. And he, he scrambled seven times for 65 yards um, and had only six designed runs for 53 yards. And so because it was scrambling so much, I think that's just emblematic of how disruptive Kansas state was in the, in the past game, really because scrambles are passes, but TCU couldn't get the max designed run really going outside of that one kind of QB lead where he, he got mm-hmm. into the end zone. Even the yeah, they bring, even the one that should have maybe been a touchdown, but they also should have definitely I been closer in overtime. Yeah. Um, well, they, they messed up the spot regardless. But um, I told myself I wouldn't talk about officiating. That's on me. Um, that play was a broken play. I don't think that was a design max run. I think that was supposed to be like some kind of play I action, whatever. Right. And it snapped because both both running backs snapped their heads, mm-hmm. and that was what tipped me off. It's like not just I, I can imagine a world where you do some kind of hokum where the offensive line doesn't move. Like that's, right. that's common enough, but the running backs looking around, I was like, Oh, this is not, and Max just <laughs> took it and ran. So even the design run for him, like his, one of his best design runs was not a design play. Not really a design run. Although I think they ran QB counter or QB lead or whatever, like twice uh, early on. And it was very effective. Um, yeah. Like you said, design runs are, are kind of where he thrives. Um, yeah. Blocking. Look, we're not going to, we're not going to do that. But you know what? Player X had the highest offensive blocking grade. Highest offensive grade, That's I think, of any TCU player. A bad thing. It's not good. Although it was eighty, it wasn't bad. Uh, Brandon Coleman got eaten alive. We don't. Have, we don't have to do this. It's fine. Well, just we're nothing just positive list. is going to come out of this, other than to say that TCU's offensive line, which has been schemed around the entire mm-hmm. season and had two good interior offensive linemen, um, was losing five on three consistently. And losing yeah. four on six consistently. Um, and that's just, there's just not a lot you can do with the offense when that happens. Um, yeah, I think the interior, yeah. yeah, the interior was pretty rough, um, especially on that last, that last play. I mean, you, you guys got to get a push. I, we can talk about whether they should have, whether they should have uh, QB sneaked or whatever, but especially that fourth down play, man, like that's a backup nose tackle. Um, mm-hmm. Cause he went out on that third down. I, you got to be able to get that. I think that's, 
the the offensive line is the position at, uh, at TCU at which they are the furthest behind in development and talent of any position. That's just an inarguable fact. And I, I don't want to blame these guys and say they, they lost the game, whatever saying there were some key moments of execution that, that dramatically altered TC's fortunes in this game. That's fair. I also, Oh, I don't have a problem with TCU, not quarterback sneaking there at the end. I mean, put the ball in the hands of your best player. Like we talked about, but dude, that was almost a safety thing at that point. I don't think Max had any more left to give. Yes. And if you can't I get would... one yard twice. Hmm? Right. Right. Totally fair. And I would say my one issue, TCU's strength is not strength, right? TCU's Correct. strength in that game against Kansas State is not, hey, we're going to body you and we're going to win. TCU's strength is, hey, we have players who can make plays in space who are fast and we have great scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked TCU with the game on the line to not go to something that was not their strength, but instead say, hey, you're right. I don't know that it's going to be smart for us to line up and just power in like this. Let's go into the shotgun. And let's run a zone read and then let's run a play action pass. Like let's do yeah. something innovative here. Like we did with the Tay Barber. Golly. Can I take a segue to talk about that? Okay. So I oh, made my point. Yeah. There yeah. 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 No, that yeah. first touchdown was one of my favorite plays that TCU's run all season. And it just gives me joy that I've said that phrase multiple times this season. Grant. I've been like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love this play. It's great. Orbit return. TCU ran the jet sweep last week. They did mm-hmm. this. They set this up last week against Iowa state. Orbit return. Jet. Tay Barber goes, you see the inside linebacker take three steps to the right. He's like, oh, yep. Tay Barber jet sweep. I've seen this on film. Barber cuts on a dime, turns around, is just there. Just open in the end zone, easy pitch and catch. Beautiful. Absolutely loved it. Loved that they set it up. Loved that they executed it. Again, would have loved to see some stuff on the, on the goal line there. Yeah. I tweeted this. I think that's the best drive like Riley and Duggan have put together this year. Uh, there's that one against Iowa State that was really fun, I think, the opener. But I, I love the hell out of that opening drive in terms of, like, it was definitely scripted. I don't care. It was sick. It was also like do more. It was almost seven minutes of game clock. That I know they chewed clock. Um, Okay, I know we both have hard outs. Is there anything else you would like to talk about with this game before we do a little whip around? Can we go positive after this? Can we like end on a positive note after I say what I'm about to say? Sure. I know that you had Griffin Kell attempt a 55 yarder last week. And I know he made it in wet conditions outdoors on grass. Um, I think that the mistake was not asking Griffin Kell to kick it on fourth and seven with 55, 55 yard field goal on that second drive. The mistake was doing a close your eyes, chuck it to the end zone and hope mm-hmm. for PI on third and seven. I think TCU at the Kansas state 37. So you got, a, you got a quality possession, right? You've been awarded sure. your echo. Congratulations. Um, three yards. Incomplete pass on second down. That's fine. Um, third and seven, Kendra Miller just ran for 21 yards on the first down uh, mm-hmm. at the beginning of that drive. Third and seven. I know it sounds crazy for me to say, don't pass it, but run run the ball with Kendra or give me something where I'm going to get positive yardage regard. Like, I, yeah. you might argue that the, the, the chuck it downfield and ask for the PI, which I think was there, but they weren't calling it both ways mm-hmm. early. And I think that was consistent of them early on. I think that was a bad play. I think that they should have gone for a shorter manageable gain and then tried to get can, can, get the fourth down um, instead of, hey, we're going to chuck it and hope we get it. And if not, we're going to try a bomber of a field goal, which I, I like Griffin Kell. I don't think it's his problem that I, I don't think it's a problem that he missed a 55 yard field goal. Mm-hmm. I'd say a 50% make rate at 55 yards is pretty dang good uh, from what I would expect yeah. out of a college kicker. And so he made one last week and he missed one this week. That That's about what I expect. So uh, I don't know that I love that sequence for TCU. That's, 
that and then that kind of three drive stretch at the end where it just felt like TCU was just a slog, just a slog just out yeah, of ideas. Really, really the early second half, those first three drives out of the second half um, were, 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 were a slog. And I feel like the, the only other sticking point I had was that that decision there. Yeah, no, I think that's totally fair. And the good news is at the end of the day, none of it really matters because TCU is still in the college football playoff and are the number three seed. And they would have been the number three seed had they won that game. So they are. And I've said Nana, all Nana, season Boo-Boo. that the, 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 the college football playoff doesn't define my enjoyment of TCU 100%. or the college football season. It doesn't cultivate meaning. Um, but we're in the end game, right? So like I've enjoyed yes. the season and haven't thought about the college football playoff and said, I don't care. I like this, but we're here now and I want TCU to win and I'm going to root for it. I'm saying, wow, it's great that they got in. That's awesome. I enjoy that. Um, but this doesn't make beating Baylor any sweeter this doesn't make beating texas in austin with game day any sweeter that's those are already maxed out for me man this is all lanyard right this is a little cherry on top yeah i'm gonna enjoy it um and so i think it's important to say i'm by no means saying we shouldn't celebrate the tcu is competing for a national championship because that's a huge deal and that's awesome i think the system still has the problems that it has and i think that i want to focus on the fact that tcu beat oklahoma oklahoma state texas baylor in the same season for the first time ever uh, which is it's just fun. SMU too. Just, just throw them in there as well. Yeah. yeah it's, just, it's just a fun little thing. I just think it's neat. Okay. Uh, let's go. Pac-12 championship, Utah 47, USC 24. This game was a ass kicking. I would be inclined if I were Utah. Kyle Whittingham is not this kind of guy. I would be inclined to throw around the little brother term here because this is yeah. two games in a row where Utah just did whatever they wanted, man. Um, USC's absolute refusal to tackle like Caleb Williams is hurt. That mattered, but, but Caleb Williams doesn't play linebacker. Um, and, and and some of these guys just could not tackle, uh, to save their life. And, and Utah just embarrassed them, just ran over them. I was one game away from being right about Utah. I had them in the playoff to start the year. Um, I was one game away. It's a real shame. Well, no, they had three. No, they're 10 and three. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they should have won that Florida, that Florida game. They had three trips in the red zone where they got zero points. Yep. And Florida didn't have to be all that good. So yep. when your games. Um, let's see. Uh Georgia 50, LSU 30. Uh sure, man. Stetson Bennett might actually win the Heisman. I've said that for a while. But I don't think he might will, just give it to him. I think Caleb I don't still win it. Um mm-hmm. the only thing that I think is funny here is in the second half, LSU had a drive. Um they throw they threw an interception. Yeah, this is it. So it's like Nussmeyer came in because Daniels was hurt. Daniels mm-hmm. was hurt before the game and they just decided, Hey, we're not going to make you keep going out there. Cause there's no chance we can win. Nussmeyer completes like three or four passes and LSU gets first and 10 at the Georgia 35. And you just saw this body language shift from Georgia's <laughs> defense up 20, uh, up 50 to 23. At this point, they're just like, dude. Okay. All right. Like if you guys are going to still going to yeah. try, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to try. Come on. Like that was just really funny to me. Clemson 39, North Carolina 10. Yeah. I, that that's right. North Carolina was, they had one loss with how many, let's see, how many weeks left in the season? They ended their season losing three consecutive games, and I don't think they're even ranked in the new AP, uh, AP poll. They it's very hard to do. One, one, two, three, four, five, six, one score games. I had them at under seven and a half, and I, I think that was still right process. I did not expect them to win six one score games. You don't have a defense. It's awful hard to win. Uh, Purdue, Man, do you know who the defensive Michigan... coordinator in North Carolina is? You know Terry Bradshaw went to Louisiana Tech? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Michigan 43, Purdue 22. 
Sure. Uh, I was kind of hoping Purdue would do the thing they always do where they randomly beat like one top five Big Ten school. Um, this just was not going to be the day for that. So I think we talked about the stakes, right? We talked about like last week, it's like they only win it when it's when the stakes are there. Yes. Or aren't there. And because there were stakes, yeah. they were going to lose. Um, one, I will say, I think I'll say three things about this game. One, Jeff Brom is a wily son of a gun. I don't think he mm-hmm. is necessarily a good head coach, but man, he's doing some weird stuff. I don't know if you saw that fake flea flicker. Oh, but that's one of the funniest college football plays. Yes. And they had a fat guy, and they had a fat guy convert a fourth down on a fake punt. Like everything you could want of this game. Very fun. Double pass early on. They went negative 10 yards on the first drive, which is hilarious. But dude, you're a 17 point dog in a conference championship. Field goal. Field goal. Yeah. Uh, field goal. Field goal. Field goal down 19 to 36 with nine minutes in the fourth quarter. What are you doing, Jeff? What are you doing? Someone needs to like, there needs to be a coach that just says we should kick it here or we should not kick it here. You could just pay someone to do it. Well, and oh, I was going to say the third thing. Shout out to Gary, my co-host on BetUS, who was um, in New Orleans and going into shops because he picked Michigan and I picked Purdue to cover uh, Mm -hmm. on the show. He was going into shops and texting me pictures of various voodoo trinkets that he was buying to ensure luck that he would win that game. He was casting spells on me, man. I wasn't ready for spiritual warfare in disagreeing with him. So that's that's what happened in that game. <laughs> that, that makes a lot more sense than seeing the outcome. Yeah, I like that. Uh, one, one other here, Tulane 45, UCF 28, Willie Fritz. I, I guess staying at Tulane and putting an absolute beat down on UCF. So good for him. I like um, Tulane. Have you internalized what the ramifications of USC losing and Tulane winning mean? Uh, no. Willie Fritz is going to whoop USC's ass in the Cotton Bowl, man. <laughs> Just, I'm, you want to talk about a so wily son right. of a gun? Yeah, you know how much yeah. he probably hates everything Lincoln Riley is. So, all right, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, and they and he had him one score. They had him on upset alert last year to begin the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they were so annoying that. Uh, Oklahoma went after two lane guys to transfer and said, Hey, come play for us. Like, you're very good. This is annoying. Please stop Um, doing that. Willie Fritz has the equivalent of old man strength. Like you've been in the gym Mm -hmm. and there's a guy you're like, there's no business. That guy has curling like sixties and he's doing it. Willie Fritz has the college football equivalent of old man strength. He's he's like like 62. I mean, and he's wearing like a t-shirt tucked into denim shorts while he's curling. And he's just absolutely. Yeah. Wrapping out. It's I love that chip. Um, Parker. This has been Purple Theory Podcast. TCU is in the college football playoff. And like I said, we're going to reckon with all of that on Wednesday, a little bit with Jennings, and then more as we get closer to the Michigan game. But TCU is in the gosh darn college football playoff, man. How sick is it? How incredible yeah. is um, that? So fun. First team from Texas, first non-Oklahoma team from the Big 12. Definitely the smallest enrollment school to be allowed mm-hmm. to play for a championship in the history of the modern since integration. Um just an incredible, an incredible run. And and again, I mean, we went from what are we going to do about Gary Patterson? How is this program going to evolve? What's going to happen to immaculate vibes at the drop of a hat? Somebody just came in and literally said, do your job and took them to the playoff. Incredible. My name is Grant McGallard. You can find me on Twitter at Grant McGallard. It's spelled like it sounds. He is Parker Fleming. He is at Stats of War. He is on the BetUS show, which is on YouTube at noon central on Tuesday and Wednesday. Nailed yeah. it. Hell yeah. Oh, um, just Tuesday this week, though. Sorry. Oh, oh dang it. <laughs> Come on, man. As soon as you knew it, just Tuesday this week, and then we'll get into some bowl stuff next week. So, yeah. Gotcha. Thank you all for listening. It's been a really fun ride. It's not over yet. Parker, go Frog. Go Frog.